Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Man, well, hey, we're going to take a seat and we're going to jump right in. Make sure to grab your Bible, grab a pen, and get ready to take some notes as we jump into the scriptures here tonight. And uh, we are in Ephesians chapter 6. We've been going through this book of Ephesians for a few months now, a couple months now. And uh, Ephesians chapter 6 is where we get into the armor of God. And uh, it's important that that we understand when we're talking about the armor of God, I know we're breaking down every piece of the armor, um, but it's important that we remember what the armor is to be used for. And in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, this is how Paul instructs the church. He says, finally, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand Therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We're going to emphasize the verse 15. It says, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. As shoes for your feet, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And as we talk about spiritual warfare, it's it's important that we understand that spiritual warfare is, is a real thing. Sometimes it's hard for us to to comprehend or to contextualize spiritual warfare because we don't see it. Right. And so because it's something that we don't see, we think like, oh, well, well is it really there? Or, or is that just something that, that's messing with my mind? It's messing with my emotions. Um, however, spiritual warfare is tangible. So it will agitate right. your emotions. It will agitate your mind. Um, it'll make you frustrated. Spiritual warfare will, will, will make you agitated. It might bring apart, it might bring upon like a sadness or, or an anger or an, or an, an anxiousness, a fear. Um, it'll mess with your mind. It'll yeah. make you doubt. It'll make you unstable, like constantly, uh, you know, just going back and forth. Do I believe yeah. in Jesus? Do I not believe in Jesus? Do I believe that he has his hand on me? Do I not believe that he has his hand on me? Um, and, and our thoughts will, will just go crazy. Right. And in spiritual warfare, it's important that we know that God wants us to stand against the schemes of the enemy. Mm-hmm. He wants us to stand against the schemes of the enemy. Well, I don't know about you, but if you're going to stand against anything, but especially against the schemes of the enemy, you better make sure that you got the right shoes on, right? <laughs> I know. See, we must be married or something. I don't know. Uh, but have you ever, at any point in your life, have you ever had to have the right shoes? Come on, ladies. Y'all know you had to have the right shoes when you got married. They had to be like picture perfect, but you know, you only lasted in them for like, what, 
the ceremony? Well, you know, I don't even <laughs> like, so let, well, we're going to pause. This is a little tangent, but, yeah. but wedding shoes, you don't even see them. <laughs> the dress covers them the entire time. But it matters. It matters. Okay. I'm not going to win that battle. <laughs> um, but, you know, another time that I can, I can think of in regards to shoes and what's important, what was on my feet, was in high school, um, I used to run uh, the 110s and the 300 hurdles. And I remember our coach used to, like, drill into us how important it was to make sure that the spikes on our shoes, well, one, that our shoes were lightweight, and two, that the spikes were never dull. Because... The spikes, the sharper they were, the faster that you were able just to like get through the dirt or through the, the turf yeah. or, you know, the rubber stuff. And um, so it was important to make sure that it was, um, that they, that were, they sharp. were sharp. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, you have to make sure you put on your, your sandals after, you know, you get off the dirt or whatnot. So, you know, for me, when... I mean, how did we get so lucky talking about shoes? Because right. side note, my husband is a sneakerhead and he loves shoes. Not, not, a, not <laughs> at the slightest bit. But, you know, it, it was important. I remember, like, the importance of, of our shoes and the yeah. spikes and, and the care of our shoes. Yeah, it's super important. And, and when we're talking about Paul, Paul, of course, uses it as an illustration. But Paul yeah. is very strategic in the illustrations that he uses. And so when he's saying to stand firm and to stand therefore. He literally says stand three times in the eight verses that we yeah. read. He wants us to stand. And if you're going to stand and withstand anything, then it's important that you have the right shoes on. And that's point number one as we talk about tonight, having, uh, having shoes for the readiness that is given by the gospel of peace is point number one, if we're going to withstand the attack of the enemy, if we're going to withstand the attack of the enemy, we have to make sure we're wearing the right shoes. We have to make sure that we're wearing the right shoes. Now, of course, I don't mean that practically. I don't yeah. care what kind of shoes you have on. I don't care if you like sneakers or you don't like sneakers. You prefer heels, you wear sandals, you don't even wear anything with laces. That's all good, okay? But what we're talking about in the spirit, it's important that we put on the shoes for our feet, which is the readiness that is given by the gospel of peace. Essentially, in spiritual warfare, peace is what allows you to stand. Peace is what allows you to stand in spiritual warfare. Meaning that if you don't got the shoes of peace on, you ain't gonna be able to stand for nothing. Okay, you're not gonna be able to withstand the attack of the enemy. You're not gonna be able to, to withstand the, the pressure. You're not gonna be able to withstand the, the obstacles of life because not because God isn't good or because God, God isn't strong enough, but because we don't have the right shoes on. Right. We don't have the peace on our feet because peace is what gives us that ability to stand on, essentially that piece is what guards our feet and which allows us to use the rest of the armor. Right, and you know, in, in preparing for this message, I found it super interesting about the Roman soldiers and what they wore on their feet. And they wore sandals. Yeah. And we, you hear sandals and you think like flip-flops, Crocs. These weren't what? rainbows, guys. These weren't <laughs> rainbows. <laughs> Whatever it may be. But, the, you know, in preparing for this message, the sandal was made out of thick, and they emphasized thick leather with straps around the ankles that sometimes went all the way up to the knees for um, just for support. The soles had spikes and nails um, so that it would help them go through different... Um, terrains, muds, whatever it may be that they could quickly, their yeah. feet could be, they could be quick on their feet. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, they knew the importance yeah. of, of shoes. 
like a football player, you know, yeah. like they know it's important to show up to game day. Like the Roman shoulders knew what, you know, yeah. what's important. And, you know, football players, they wear like cleats. They don't yeah. wear soccer cleats. They don't wear baseball cleats. They don't wear ballerina shoes. Come on. They come prepared <laughs> yeah. and making sure that their feet are ready for, uh, you know, in this sense, battle or game battle. day. Yeah, you got to make sure that, that you got the, the right the right shoes on to be able to stand firm. Paul, right. Paul emphasizes three times, you got to be able to stand and you got to be able to stand firm and you got to be able to stand therefore. He literally, <laughs> Paul's like, you got to make sure that you stand. And he echoes it throughout his other letters that he writes to the Thessalonians. Um, and and uh, in addition to, to the Roman soldier, because yeah. I know that that's what we're basing this armor of God. That's, that's the illustration that Paul uses for this armor that we're supposed to fight this spiritual warfare with. He uses the Roman soldier. And these Roman soldiers, when they would go into battle, they would get into what, what's called cohorts. And these cohorts were, were groups. They would get into these groups and they would lock arms. Um, I don't know if you've, seen, if you've seen the movie 300. I know my wife has. Love it. She's not allowed to watch it <laughs> anymore because their oh, muscles are way too big. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not quite there yet. But... <laughs> Um, they, they would lock arms. These cohorts would, would get together, as you would see maybe in, in that type of movie, and, and they would get their shields out, they would lock yeah. arms, and they would dig their feet into the ground with, with their cleats, with, with these sandals with that sandals. they would make that would allow them to, to dig in with, with, with these cleats and, and stand their ground so that when the enemy would come against them, they would not be moved off of their line. They would be able to stand, stand. their line, stand mm -hmm. their ground, and the enemy would not be able to move them off of their line. Just like when you have the right shoes on, now the enemy is not able to remove you from your peace. Yeah. But if we're not putting peace on our feet, then what happens is in spiritual warfare, we're gonna get moved from that foundation, we're going to get moved from our stance of peace. And now because our feet, now because we don't have a solid foundation under us, now none of the armor becomes, becomes usable because um, we have to make sure that, that we have that peace on our feet. And I wanted to jump ahead in our study, but I'm not going to. I'm going to save it and we'll come back to it. Um, but it's important that we have the right, right shoes, shoes on. Just like the Roman soldier needed to have the right shoes on, we have to have the right shoes on, which is the gospel of peace. It's the peace uh, of Christ. It's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it is the peace that allows us that no matter what the, the, the storm may look like, no matter what the situation may look like, no matter what the obstacle may, may feel like, yeah. is that when you have the peace of Christ in you, you can get through every season. You could get through every valley. You could get through every obstacle and know that God is going to see Good. you through. Good. So point number one is if we're going to withstand the attack of the enemy, we have to make sure we're wearing the right shoes. Point number two. So we talked about it's important that we're wearing the right shoes. And now we need to know that point number two is that the enemy is after our peace. The enemy is after our peace. So the shoes are so important because the enemy doesn't want you to have them. Mm. The enemy doesn't want you to be able to stand your ground. The enemy doesn't want you to be able to dig in and add support to, to, to your defense. He wants you to be slipping and falling all over the place. Um, he, he doesn't want you to be able to, to have peace in your heart and peace in your mind when you're going through battle. That's why every time you go through spiritual warfare, your first inclination in the flesh is to, is to, to scream and shout and run around in circles and pretend like, ah, God, what is going on? <laughs> but, but God wants us to have peace that says, okay, oh, 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 we just stepped into battle. We just That's stepped right. into warfare. Hold on, let me go put my game shoes on real quick <laughs> and then let me come back. But what tries, um, but what is it now? So we know that the enemy wants to take away our peace. Right. But how does he do that? Like, what are some of the ways that God tries to, to take away our peace? Um, and first, first and foremost, is, is right now, these last seven months, the enemy's been trying to take away your peace, okay? These have not been 
the easiest of times. They have not been the most peaceful of times. These right. are actually some of the most uneasiest, un, uneasiest, that doesn't make sense. Pastor Marie's going to catch me on it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Love you, Pastor Marie. But these are some of the most unsettling <laughs> and uneasy times that we've ever had to walk through, not just as individuals, not just as families, but as a nation, as, as a world with this global pandemic. Um, and so these have been some of the most, the most unsettling Times. There's not a whole lot of peace right now in our communities. Not a whole lot of peace right now in our nation. Not a whole lot of peace in our world. All you got to do is, is watch a debate, debate or two and you'll just see how there is a lack of peace. Okay? There is a lack of peace in our world, in our families, in our communities, in our marriages. Come on, people. Come on. We need to, we need to make sure that we bring back the peace that allows us to stand against these attacks of the enemies. These attacks come in the form of depression. They come in the form of anxiety. They come in the form of fear. Um, you know, fear of dying, fear of, fear of getting sick, fear of, of sneezing in the market, okay? The, these, these are real things that, that people are, are fearful of. They yeah. do not want to go outside of their homes because they're afraid somebody might cough on them or, or sneeze on them. And we're not treating any of that lightly. We do know that there's underlying conditions and, and that there are more people that are at risk than others. So we want you to take precaution, but we don't want you to take precaution in fear. Yeah. We don't want you to take precaution in anxiety. Anxiety is not precaution, okay? Anxiety is not precaution. Precaution is making sure that you're washing your hands, but knowing ultimately that God is your healer and God is the one that covers you. God is the one that puts a hedge of protection around you. Not, not, your, not your sanitizer bottle, okay? Not, 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 not your mask that you wear. Again, wear your mask if you need to wear your mask. But ultimately know that God is the one that puts a hedge of protection around you. He is the one that has already marked out your days. Yes. He keeps his hand upon you and he will continue to do so in, in, in a virus or without a virus, okay? With a mask or without a mask. With sanitizer, without sanitizer, okay? God is the one that has already marked out your days. And so we find peace in those times by putting our trust in him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and let's be honest, this, this has not been the easiest of times over these last seven months. And I know yeah. the enemy has definitely tried to steal our peace yeah. over the last seven months. Yeah. You know, he came in a way that was, I feel like, very, very disguised. Yeah. In a season of our life where you would think there'd be a lot of joy and a lot of peace. Yeah. You know, these last seven months, you know, we had our, our daughter March 8th and then everything shut down March 13th. Yeah. You know, in a time where, you know, we've had three other kids. We're so used to people coming over, hanging out, introducing yeah. the baby, going back to church two weeks after the baby's born. We had three boys. We finally got our girl. We couldn't even show her off, you know? <laughs> no. And so I found myself in a place where you know, there was a couple different types of knocks at our door. Like yeah. there was a lot, there was fear, there was uh, uh, anxiety, there was a lot of just different emotions. And for me personally, I have not dealt with uh, postpartum depression before. Yeah. And even when we lost our son at 18 weeks, I, I didn't allow myself to go there. Yeah. So this time around, I was like, God, what is going on? Yeah. Like, why am I feeling fearful and yeah. and like he couldn't even go to the store without me calling him like every two seconds like when are you coming home when are you coming home where are you at where are you at and because I was so yeah. scared and I didn't understand why because I I I in my mind and even in my spirit I thought like oh Alyssa like you have a good foundation yeah. you're good yeah 
And I, you know, I remember crying out to God, like, God, what is wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? You know, and, you know, being a pastor's wife, I'm not a, you know, exempt or, you know, uh, you know, not a target or anything like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we get attacked a lot. And so yeah. that's why it's so important yeah. to pray for your pastors, to pray for your leaders, because they need your covering too. We yeah. are at the front of the line with yeah. you. But for me, let me just take that back. But for me, I had to find myself. I remember I was in a dark place and I was like, hey, God, I need your help. Like, I can't do this. Like, I don't know what's going on. I have kids that depend on me. I have a husband who depends on me. I just had this beautiful gift that my heart longed for for so many years. What is wrong with me? And I remember God telling me, saying, Alyssa, I need you to dig deeper. I need you to dig deeper. Stand firm. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, look at your feet. And I looked at my feet, and my son likes to call them slippies. I had my slippies on, they're, they're house slippers. And I kicked off my slippies, and I put on my boots because I fought way too hard yep. for my peace. So good. For, you know, our home to be a place of peace. Yep. And you best believe that I was ready to put my boots on and yep. to go to battle spiritually because the enemy had no... Um, I was done giving him any type of leverage or any type of, of credit. Yeah. I was done. And I feel like I had to fight. Sorry. No, I good. feel like I had to find that inner fight in me. So if that's you, you need to rise up, yeah. take off your slippers and put on your boots and get ready to battle, not for yourself, but for your family and those that you're surrounded and obviously for yourself as well. But you fought and you've come too far. Yeah to allow the enemy to come in and kick you down. Yeah, you fought for that ground of peace. Don't give it up, yeah. okay? It's don't, don't just let the enemy, every time something, something flares up, to push you off of your peace. Yeah. You have to be able to stand your ground. And I think that's a great point, is what you said, is we don't ever graduate from spiritual warfare. Yeah. It's, it's as you continue to grow in your walk with Jesus, the spiritual warfare actually intensifies, yeah. but you also get stronger. Right. And so even though the attack may be a little bit more intense, your ability to withstand it is also stronger as well. So right. I don't say that to place fear in anybody, but, but continue to grow in your walk with God because that's going to continue to allow you to build up strength spiritually yeah. so that you could withstand the attack of the enemy. And, and in this all, you know, in preparing, God spoke to me that it said, you know, the bigger the battle, the bigger, bigger the breakthrough. Yeah. The bigger the battle, the bigger the blessing. Yeah. And you best believe I'm going to be fighting for that. Yeah. Definitely. We got, we got five kids. Yeah. We got a lot to fight Four. for. Sorry. One more. And I love <laughs> keep going. Um, you know, Pastor Marie mentioned it last Wednesday, you know, when, it, when we're dealing with spiritual battle. You name it, you speak to it, and then you give it to God. That's good. You're right. 100%. And the Bible tells us, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 today says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him. Okay? So that means get rid of the anxiety. Give away your anxiety so he can give you peace because he cares for you. He says, be sober-minded and be watchful for your adversary, the devil. He prowls around, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So we got to constantly make sure that we have the shoes of readiness on, yeah. that, that, that we're ready because the enemy is, is looking for us to be at a moment of vulnerability, to be at a moment when we don't got the right shoes on, when, when, when we're not standing in our peace so that he could then capitalize on that and throw us even further right. off of our peace. But if you're in that place, again, is it, and, and that's just the last seven months. There's, there's yeah. been times all throughout our, our, our marriage and throughout right. our lives that the enemy has, has come and, and we've, we've encountered spiritual warfare from 
You know, like you mentioned, uh, us losing our son at 18 weeks to having two children that are, that are born with, with their umbilical cords wrapped around their neck. Again, the, these, are, these are the ebbs and flows of life that, that, that happens is, is you're going to face spiritual warfare. But what, just because you face spiritual warfare doesn't mean you have to give up your peace. Right. But if your peace is in a person or your peace is in a paycheck or your peace is in social media or your peace is in a position, a, a position at work, a position at church, uh, your peace um, is in a substance or a bottle, then, then yeah, those things are going to fail you. So if you're looking for those things to, to, to put on as your shoes for peace, then anytime yeah, any type of, of pressure comes from the enemy, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going you're gonna to crumble because your, your feet are not ready to go. The, the, the peace, the foundation that is peace is no longer underneath us. What does, the, what does the Bible say in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6? It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We have to know that our peace comes from Jesus. Yes. Our peace comes from our Heavenly Father. And if our peace comes from Jesus, our peace comes from our Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit working within us, then we have to know that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, no matter what the obstacle, no matter what the valley or mountaintop or what everything may look like around us, that if Jesus is our peace, then He is constant, He is consistent, yes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he is our Prince of Peace. Come on. So there is nothing that can throw us off, but if we're putting our peace that is supposed to be in him, in an object, or, or, in, or, or, or in a material thing, or, or in a title, or in our pride, then what's gonna happen is anytime the enemy puffs his chest, his illusions are a lot bigger than ours. So <laughs> when the enemy puffs his chest, if we're not in the spirit and we're not in peace, we're gonna, we're gonna run off yeah. and we're gonna run even further away. So it's so important that we put our peace and we find our peace in the Prince of Peace, because yes. he doesn't change no matter what the season, no matter what the year, guess what? He is still the Prince of Peace in 2020. So I get it, there've been a lot of crazy things happening in 2020, but he is still the Prince of Peace. Yes. So even though everything else may be look like it's falling apart, Jesus isn't. So if you've lost your peace, right now is to reconnect with your peace. His name is Jesus. All you gotta do is, is pray, bring him into your heart, bring him into your home and say, no longer we're gonna let the devil run around in our living room, run around in our bedroom, run around in our community, run around in our schools, run around in our minds. We serve the Prince of Peace. Yes. And mm -hmm. the Prince of Peace, we call upon you to come and bring peace, peace. back into our hearts, back into our minds and back into our homes. <laughs> Jesus taught about this. I talked about it in Tithe and Offering today how Jesus, one of his greatest gifts was being a teacher. Mm. And, in, and in John 16, he teaches us something. What does he teach us? He says, I have said these things to you, that in you may have, wait, that in me you have peace. In the, wor in the world you will have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, he has overcome the world. That even though you face tribulation, even though you face obstacles, even though you face that valley, as long as you are in him, as long as you put your faith and you put your trust in Jesus, he gives us peace because he has already overcome the world. We already know the final score. We already know who is victorious. We already know who the champion is. His name is Jesus and we're his sons and his daughters. So as long as we put our trust and our faith in him, then guess what? We're also victorious. Mm. 
we're also victorious. Even if it looks like we're not, even if everybody else says, look, it looks like you're losing, it looks like you're falling apart. Why don't you, well, you need to stop going to that church. You need to stop tuning in on that Wednesday night. You need to go do something else. You need to find, you need to go talk to this person or talk to that person. You need to go and, and you need to you put these stones in your house and light these candles. No, 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 no. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And we're going to continue to bring Jesus into our home because he is our prince of peace. Good. Um, point number three. So if he is our peace and peace is the shoes that we're supposed to be wearing, then point number three, peace is our foundation. Peace is our foundation. If your feet are not properly grounded, you will fall at every pressure situation. If you do not have the right shoes on, then you will, you will, you will fall at, in every pressure situation because, because you don't have the proper traction. Mm. Because, because you're not wearing the, the, the proper shoe to, to help you succeed. And so when pressure comes, as we talked about with, with the Roman soldier, when pressure comes, you start slipping. When the enemy comes, he starts pushing you off of your peace because you didn't got the right shoes on, because you don't have the right traction. And so this happened to me my freshman year. I played football my freshman year. And, and we were in the middle of the season. We're at practice one day, and I just could not keep my feet under me. I was slipping everywhere. I was falling all over the place. <laughs> And my coach is like, Flores, because in football, nobody calls you by your first name. Flores, what's going on? He's like, you need to know that you do me no good on defense if you're constantly on the floor. Wow. You need to keep your feet under you. Yes, coach, got it. You may, and, and I made an adjustment. But that's how we need to be. We need to know that, that if, we don't got the, if we don't have peace on our feet, then anytime pressure comes towards us or anytime we're, we're trying to stand firm, we're going to slip. We're going to fall. Our feet are going to come out from underneath us. Our foundation is going to crumble as Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. In other words, the foundation was strong. Therefore, the house was able to withstand the troubles of life, the tribulations of life, uh, the, you know, the different obstacles that came its way. But the house that was built on the, sound, on the sand, when the rain came and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house, it fell apart. Mm. And so our foundation, we have to know, of course, is, is Jesus. He is the rock, but it's that peace. In spiritual warfare, that foundation is our peace. Because if we go into spiritual warfare and we don't have peace, then the enemy, our mind and our emotions becomes the enemy's playground. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like, go that way, and we're going to go that way. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like, go that way, and we're going to go that way. Because our our foundation, our peace, is not stable. Because it's like that sand that that crumbles so easily under pressure. Have you ever played tug-of-war? Like on the slippery grass. Have before. you ever been to a live camp? Are you right? kidding me? Well, live camp coming back 2021. And, tug of war. <laughs> promise. That's that's what I'm picturing right now when you're talking about yeah. foundation and our feet is like it's like playing tug of war on wet, soapy grass and you're just like slipping. Yep. And Again, like you do your best to dig your heels into the grass, right? Yep. For for um, traction, traction, and and able you know to help you pull, but spiritually in the spiritual sense that if we are doing tug of war with the enemy and we don't have the proper shoes on, yeah. you're going to slip. Yeah. You're going to slip. So it's time to put on the right shoes. Yeah. And, and, and it just goes to show that your foundation matters yes. because your, your feet is, is what forms that, that stable foundation mm. underneath you. And if your feet get taken out from under you, 
Well, now you're no longer in control of where you go because now you're on your back and like in tug of war, now you're you're getting pulled all over the place. But so it's important that that our foundation is found in in peace peace. because peace is what is going to sustain us. It's what's going to ultimately, as we get back to, okay, so why is Paul teaching us about this, this armor is because he wants us to be able to stand against the schemes and the spiritual warfare of the enemy. And as we've been saying, the only way to stand is to make sure that you have the right shoes on, which is the gospel of peace. So the only way to come against then the enemy in spiritual warfare is to have peace, peace in your heart and peace in your mind, peace in your spirit, because that's what's going to help you overcome the enemy and all of his tactics. I feel that, you know, peace brings clarity. It helps you stay level-headed that when you are, you know, you may feel like your back's against the fence or you're overwhelmed that, you know, you remember, okay, God, you are with me. You're never going to leave me. You're going to bring me through this and helps you go from like here down to here and he levels you out. So it's important to have peace. No, that's important because when, when you don't have peace, then what happens is when, 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 when the peace of Christ is not your foundation, then in those spiritual warfare moments, mm-hmm. what happens is the enemy starts messing with your mind. And now because you don't have peace of mind, mm-hmm. now because you don't have peace of mind, now you start, your, your judgment becomes cloudy. Yeah. And so now the things that you know you're not supposed to do, you, you end up saying, well, maybe that will give me peace. Or you're maybe, if I, maybe if I go to that bar, it'll give me mm-hmm. peace. Maybe if, maybe if I do respond to this DM and I meet up with him or I meet up with her, that'll Shoot. bring me peace. Maybe, maybe, if, maybe if, if, I, if I do watch this video, it'll bring me peace. Maybe, maybe, you know, I know it won't be everlasting, but maybe it'll just give me peace in this moment. And because we don't have peace of mind, oh our judgment becomes cloudy, our decision-making becomes cloudy, and now our vision becomes cloudy. And now we don't even know where we're going, what the direction is, all because we didn't have the peace of Christ on our feet, in our heart, in our mind to ground us and give us a firm foundation. That's good. So That's point good. number four, you got to stay ready. Okay, point number four is you have to stay ready. Okay, you have to stay ready. It's the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace. So the gospel of peace is given to us not to be reactive, right. but to be ready. And to be aware. The, gospel, the, 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 the shoes of readiness to, to be ready and, and to be ready to go. To stay ready, we must continually activate our peace. So if we're going to be ready, then we have to continually activate our peace. We can't wait for, for things to start to blow up or, or for situations to start to go sideways for us to activate our peace. Activating our peace has to be something that we do continually every day because you never know. As you shared earlier, we had our little girl. We come home, it's supposed to be this joyous occasion. And now instability and, and all of this stuff is now at our doorstep. Right. And we have, it's those moments where we have to actively be activating our peace. And just because there are certain situations that are more peaceful than others doesn't mean that you have peace in your heart or peace in your mind. So just because things may not be going, blowing up left and right to the side of you, behind you or any of that, doesn't mean that you have peace in your heart and peace of your mind. The way you get peace of heart and peace of mind, peace of your spirit, is to actively, to actively be engaging and creating peace, to actively be engaging and creating peace. How do we do that? Well, Ephesians 6, 18, what does Paul say? Paul says to pray at all times, Pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. That the more you pray, the more you pray, the, the more peace you'll have. Yeah. That the more you put your trust in Jesus, the more peace you're going to have. The truth is, is oftentimes people lose their peace because they lose their prayer life. 
You lose your peace because you lose your prayer life. It's not because God's not there, but it's because you haven't been talking to him. Mm. You haven't been engaging with him. You haven't been asking for his help. You haven't been asking for his blessing. You haven't been asking for his strength to, to withhold you and, and to be there to support you, to give you that endurance and to give you that perseverance. So if you feel like, like your, your peace is, 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 is lost, well, let's find our prayer life. Yeah. Let's get into that prayer closet. Let's get on our knees. Let's, let's ask God to intervene in our marriages. Let's ask God to intervene in our families. Let's ask God to intervene in our communities, in our nation. And now I, I don't, you know, there's millions of people that watch that debate, but I wonder how many people prayed before they watched that debate. Wow. I wonder how many people prayed for those, for those, those, those parties, those, those candidates last night wow. before they watched that debate. Because I just feel like if we would just get back if we would humble ourselves and get back to a posture of prayer, we would see a lot more peace in our nation. We'd see a lot more peace in our families, a lot more peace in our marriages, a lot more peace in our relationships. But it comes back to we have to adapt and we have to, not adapt, we have to adopt a, a, a consistent posture of prayer. Praying at all times, as Paul would say, in the spirit. The second way is, is by staying in God's word. Okay, we gotta stay in God's word because we, God's word is our daily bread. So when we pray the way that Jesus tells us to pray, to give us this day our daily bread, well, our daily bread is his word. So if we're not actively ingesting his word, then we're not going to have the strength of his word to, to help keep us in peace, to help keep us sober-minded, to help keep us aware. And parents, right now, you need to be aware. Yeah, it's important to be aware of what your kids are doing. Yeah. You know, they have everything in that little black thing that has a little Apple sign on behind it right. or in their computers. And, yeah. you know, I feel that that we allow, wait, it's not okay to allow them just to, to tell us how to treat them. Correct. You are the parent. So it's time to be aware of what they're doing. It's yeah. time to pull them out of their rooms. Yeah. Let them come and sit at the table, have dinner, and have conversations. Yeah. Because you need to be invested in what they're investing their time into yeah. as well. That you're, you have to be able to, uh, to speak to those areas yeah. that they may be watching that isn't causing peace. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's bringing the, that spirit of of anger or frustration or whatever it may be yeah. and you have to be able to recognize and say uh-uh we're not doing this yeah that spirit is not allowed in this household so it's important to be aware of what your kids are doing and as parents you got to know that you're the covering you're the covering for your home you're the yes. covering for for your children especially fathers that you're 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 the priest of the home and so it's, it's your responsibility it's our responsibility right. to make sure that that we're maintaining peace right. and the same way that we go to jesus in relationship for peace in our heart peace in our mind and peace in our spirit if we notice that there's some unpeaceful things happening within our children within our home then we need to speak to that and rebuild the relationship in that home to bring about Peace. And I'm, I'm, I'm a product of a mom who was extremely involved in my life. You know, she had all my passwords. And I'm, I always wonder, like, how did she get that? But then, you know, I'm thankful for that now. Because yeah. at that time, I gave her a lot of just pushback and a lot of, like, you know, you're invading my personal space. Like, where's boundaries? But I'm thankful she did what she did because she was able to speak to me when yeah. I was out of character. And she was able to remind me, Alyssa, this is not who you are. What are you doing? Yeah. And so I'm thankful that my mom was, um, you know, people may think she was overbearing or strict or whatever it may be, 
but I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And so how do we activate our peace? Again, we, we pray at all times in the spirit. We make sure that we have uh, an active prayer life daily, not just three times a day, but that we're play, praying all throughout the day at all times in the spirit, as Paul would say, that we're staying in God's word. And then number three is that we are creating peace, mm. that we are peacemakers, not just the receivers of peace. There's a difference. As I mentioned, there are certain situations, certain seasons in life that are more peaceful but we have, to be, we have to be people that even if the situation, even if the season doesn't seem to be peaceful, that we are bringing peace into that situation, that we're bringing peace into that home, that we're bringing peace um, into our hearts, that we're bringing peace into our communities. And so what does that mean? Is that means that, that we are standing for God's principles. We're standing for God's word. We're dictating how people are going to talk to one another. We're dictating how people are going to interact with one another. And we're going to let people know that, look, this is the boundary. And when you're in this boundary, this is a place of peace. That's right. So your response better be with peace, not, not with agitation, not with frustration, not with, not, with, not with poking at one another, whatever it may be. No, this is, this is a home of peace. This is a place of peace. This is a workplace of peace. And if I have to be the only one that stands for peace, then I'm gonna do it until we see peace begin to invade and begin to fill that space. That's something that Pastor Maria has taught us and it's something that has proven true time and time again. So if you adopt one thing from tonight is be a peacemaker, yeah. not a peacekeeper, okay? Mm -hmm. A peacekeeper is passive. A peacemaker says, I'm going to stand for peace. Yes. Even if nobody else agrees with me, I'm going to stand for peace and make sure that everybody else, they, they transform according to that peace. I'm not conforming and, and now finding myself in pieces, right. which is mm. what we had normally, what we had officially kind of titled tonight. It's kind of like a study. It's not really a title. But I guess we're giving our title at the end and not <laughs> the beginning, which is to stand in, in peace, peace, not in pieces. Peace. Stand in peace not in pieces. Let's pray. That's good. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what you're teaching us right now is you're teaching us to, to activate peace, Lord. You're teaching us to, to be peacemakers. You're teaching us, Lord God, to, to come to you, to allow you to bring peace into our lives, Lord. Not try to manipulate peace, but, but being creators of peace, coming to your word, coming to you in prayer, having our feet ready, Lord, at all times, because our adversary is out there, Lord. And right now we just pray. We pray for every home that hasn't been experiencing peace. Yes. Pray for every marriage that hasn't been experiencing peace, every workplace, every community. We pray for our nation yes. and our world, which as of late has not been peaceful, Lord. Would you come and bring your peace, true peace, that isn't reliant on a situation, that isn't reliant on a bank account, that isn't reliant on things or on a position, but is found in you, Lord. Would we humble ourselves here tonight? And would we find peace in your presence? Peace in your spirit. Pray right now for every marriage, Lord God. Would you bring peace to their marriage? Would you heal their marriage? Would you reunite them? Would you spark back up that love for one another, Lord. May they see past their differences and would they rest in peace here tonight. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Come on, let's sing this song tonight, Freedom House, and let's, let's invite the peace of Christ into our hearts. Thanks for joining us today. 
We pray you are encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.